I would like to begin this broadcast by acknowledging the Awabakal people, the traditional custodians of this land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. And welcome back to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. My name's Bonnie and you are listening on Newcastle Live. Today we're going to be having a chat with Kingsley James who has been on tour for the last month and he's about to finish it all off with a gig here in Newcastle and also at the Grand Junkyard in Maitland. We'll also be having a chat with local singer-songwriter Rod Coote, who has just relocated to Melbourne and, on top of that, has just released a brand new single called Oceanside, which is an ode to Newcastle. It's going to be so much fun to have a chat to him about that. Maitland boy Kingsley James is a lover of blues and quite the old soul. His deep and chilling voice is the perfect match for his dark storytelling. For a mid-tour catch-up, I'd like to welcome to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show, Kingsley James. Hey, Kingsley. Hey, how you doing? So good. How are you? I'm doing very well. The drive here was lovely. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's good. All the way from Maitland? All the way from Mato, the whole 37 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a nice drive. It is a nice drive, and it seems shorter on the way home. No, mm. on the way to here. Most people don't want to go to Maitland, but it's the yeah. other way around. They're like, come to Newey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do find that. It's so funny. So after spending quite a bit of time in Byron Bay recently, mm-hmm. uh, you've moved back home to Maitland, thank yeah. goodness, yeah. for all of us. So what kind of impact has the Byron Bay music scene had on your own journey as a muso? And why did you go up there in the first place? Well, um, I'm not actually sure about what impact it has. I haven't really thought about that. But in terms of why I went up there, I went up Mm. there because I did like about a year worth of uh, audio engineering at SAE and I wanted to be an audio engineer. And I think the more I found out that I was doing projects and things, I I thought, I don't know if I want this anymore. So I put it aside Mm. and... I actually didn't play any gigs in Byron at all, like zero. Wow. And I went to a lot of gigs and I never felt a part of the community in that way. I just didn't feel like I wanted to play and I, I missed that and I thought mm. I need to go home, like something clicked. And it was a bit of a – it was hard, but it. I'm, I'm glad I went there. There was definitely certain things that I loved about it, but it wasn't – a. I don't want to be rude to Byron, but it wasn't a stable place for me to be in, essentially. Yeah. Like, it just didn't... I didn't vibe with it in the end. I just was mm-hmm. like, I need to get out of here. I love it, but Maitland Stable is where I grew up. Um, but as a musician, I don't think it changed me at all. Mm. It more changed my outlook as a person on back home. It made me realise how amazing Maitland is in Newcastle. Yeah, and there's such a good community in Maitland, too. Oh, huge. Like, yeah. the whole Dashville community and at the junkyard, and then, you know, I've got so many mates that I got to catch up with in Newey and like you know all the old all the old boys and yeah it was so good <laughs> so what do you love about Dashville and that community that is there in Maitland it's it's really weird because you know Maitland is only half an hour away from Newcastle and yet there just seems to be this tight-knit underground yeah. uh, love of music and yeah, support definitely I think it's like it all kind of stems for me, it stemmed from like the the Grand Junction Hotel, mm. the junkyard, as we call it. 
And I think I remember playing a, f- a few gigs there and going there and being like, wow, this is like, this pub's sick. I want to play here. And then I found out about Dashville and everyone who ran it, like, you know, Magpie and Jess and, you know, Lisey who was there and especially uh, Melissa Quinn and Ben Quinn, like they heard me sing and they were like, you know, they liked me and they liked me as a person and they were so accepting of me. And I always felt like, I don't know, it was like this amazing platform that everyone gave me as a as a, a young musician and I felt so comfortable. They were like a, a musical family for me to be friends with, but it's grown into something much more than that. Yeah. And then like I've always... Whenever I go there, it's like this little getaway, but at the same time, there's so much to do and we all work on stuff and, yeah, it's amazing. I, I love, absolutely adore Dashville. What are some of your fondest memories from up in Dashville? Because um, you've had some pretty amazing moments. I mean, the yeah. one that I was able to see was uh, when you were doing the Sunset Super yeah. Round, which is basically when, <laughs> you know, musos just get up and play covers of other people's songs. Yeah. And it was amazing and a bit of an Leonard ethereal Cohen. moment. Yeah, yeah, watching you perform Leonard Cohen. It was Leonard Cohen and I wasn't actually on the lineup, but I remember we had like the volley volunteers. And honestly, I'll be fully honest, everything was that smoothly ran. I'm sitting backstage and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what to do because yeah. everyone's so... <laughs> good at their job there everything just Mm. ran smoothly the sound guys are great we had disco like sean he was doing his thing we had casey like helping with sound and they thought sean's i was like oh sunset super round that's cool and sean's like dude why don't you like do a song and i was like oh no like i'm I'm not playing he's like dude why don't you represent the volunteers and i did and it was oh man it was amazing to just see everyone there and play in front of like this bigger crowd than I normally would yeah and to see all that like all these acts that like I look up to around Australia and be like oh and meet them and talk to them and I'm like wow you guys are just they're just normal people yeah and I was like oh (laughs) I don't know it was amazing it's always weird to talk to those musos that you do look up to or people within the industry and realizing that they are just normal people yeah a bit of a trip because it's just strange it was whack I think I remember uh, I remember seeing Frazee Ford and I had listened to her yes. for years, like a long time. And I remember seeing her on the lineup and I was like, wow, like she's really big. And then like I met her and she was just like so placid and like such a beautiful human. Like I sat next to her and we had like a bacon and egg roll the next day and Aww. just sat next to each other. And she's like, oh, you're that guy who said I was really good. And I'm like, yeah, like, cause you are really good. And, um, it was cool. And then, you know, meeting Henry Wagons and all that gang. Legend. Oh, my God. Mm. That guy is... He's crazy, hey? He is probably the coolest cat. Yeah. yeah. And just released a new album. May yeah, as well plug right. it. <laughs> um, so, moving back to the sound production, yeah. I know that you said that you've kind of put it on the back burner for the yeah. moment. What was it that inspired you to go and do the Bachelor of Audio? Well, I remember getting into the studio... The first time I recorded a song at Triple Three Productions. Mm-hmm. So Sean Ballenden, he runs that. Absolute ledge. I remember I house sat for his for him and he's like, Oh, you want to record a song? Like oh, that'll, that'll be payment. And I'm like, Yeah, cool. And I remember getting in there and just being so unorganized. I yeah. had no idea what I was doing. And I'm like, oh my God. And I just remember being like, because I'm really picky with my music, and I was like, Yeah, I, I want to know how to do all this. So when I do get into a studio, I'll know exactly what to do Mm. and I'll know how to set it up and also I ended up recording Wondering at home and I had so much fun in the process and the creative processes that like I just got lost in this room 
and I'm like, I want to know how to do this. Plus, like drum sounds, like I was obsessed with all of that. And yeah, like I listened to a lot of Super Tramp. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted good production, but then I realized like I, I won't ever get that because Super <laughs> Tramp is like one of the best bands ever. But yeah, they're pretty all right. Yeah, okay. they're, pretty, they're pretty good. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of a. I wanted to know how to do it all. I was also obsessed with like Kevin Parker. Yeah. I think he had a big oh. effect on a lot of young musicians who were doing the bedroom recording mm-hmm. thing. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I think yeah. he changed music. I mean, he, did. he really did. Pioneer. He revolutionized it. And even the sounds that he was creating. Oh, my God. I feel like those sounds have shaped a lot of our generation's music. Definitely. Mm. It's like an artwork being, you know, I have a little studio at home and you can literally express so many things in there but then on stage you might not be able to get it but that's a whole different thing yeah on stage is like more of a raw emotive expression whereas you you do it in the studio and it's like you perfect it and it's like oh, i don't know there's so many things you can do but having the home studio too oh, is just amazing because you're also so, not under a time limit yeah i just go in there whenever i want <laughs> which is also a bit yeah. of a hard thing because it's like when when do i finish yeah when is it done i am pretty slow yeah at recording i don't just pump it out people are like yeah i did an album in like three days and i'm like yeah that's great <laughs> i did a single in three months <laughs> So it takes a long time. Yeah, it does. You're in the final moments of your House Full of Strangers tour. Uh, so what have some of the highlights been for you so far? Well, I think uh, going to Melbourne was great. Like I'd never actually played there on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, just d- being there was great. Um, the biggest highlight was probably uh, I played in Yamba at a place called Last Rites Bar. Okay. And the amount, the attentiveness of the people there in the crowd was just so welcoming and beautiful and like people wanted to talk afterwards and normally I'm quite tired after gigs and I'm like emotionally pretty dead yeah but um I ended up catching up with a friend and I don't know like I just was like well I've never really played in Yamba. I've always loved it but like the the vibe and the energy of the place it just like I felt so comfortable and I think the sound in there as well. And even like Sydney and especially Old Bar as well. Like I got like a little standing ovation clap and I thought, wow, like what? I'm doing this. Like it's happening. I did this myself. Yes, I, felt, I felt proud of myself in the yeah. end. Yeah. That's that's an awesome feat. It and, was uh, so good. Would have been such a great experience. What did you, what were you feeling when you got that ovation? I just was like, I don't know. I had like a little thought of like my first gig at the Stag. I supported Muzzy Pep. And they're like, oh, you want to support us? And I had a month and I literally wrote like five songs. <laughs> like I don't write that many songs now. Like, And, and I just was, like had to do it. And I remember having this gig and I remember having the feeling of like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life now. Yeah. And then I was like on the tour. I just had a recollection of how far I'd come. And uh, I had all these preconceived ideas of like, oh, I want all these big gigs. But like it's not that anymore. I just like to be able to just do this is such a special beautiful thing and like uh, I don't I don't hustle as much as hard as I used to Mm. and I'm okay with that because I have such a good balance in my life that I'm just happy to play and and it made me quite emotional but it made me realize the abundance that I had in my life Mm. and it was a lot and I realized that I'm in a very happy place was there a point where that you remember where you decided to stop hustling as much was that a conscious decision or something that this balance that you've kind of sat into, you know, in a nice way. I think 
the first few years were definitely like pretty hustling and whatnot but I spent I think it was more over time it wasn't exactly one time I spent a bit of time up in Barrington we had like a shack up there and uh, I'd come home and I'd be like I I just I don't know I talk to so many people who are musicians and like they hustle so hard and like a lot of them are just like not that happy and like they're doing all these incredible things and I'm just like I I don't want that I, I don't I just want to be I just want to be happy and I started focusing more on my mental health and uh as soon as I did that music became the most amazing outlet and it's this special thing and it just changed it I just wanted to have fun I used to overanalyze every song I wrote Mm -hmm. I used to do this but now it just comes out and it's like yeah that's the song I'll work on it and that's it like it's just a moment in time for me now it's Mm -hmm. not doesn't need to be it will perfect over time but I don't put any pressure on myself anymore and I can just relax. And it's about being vulnerable as well, just letting go. Well, speaking of uh, vulnerability, where did the name for this tour come from? House Full of Strangers. Oh, so this is pretty, this is a pretty deep one. Um, (laughs) I, about two nights before I had watched The Shining, which is like, we all know that's a pretty... Pretty hectic film. <laughs> it is. And uh, anyway, I was in my house with my living with my parents at the time and we're all just having like a big old fight, like, you know, not like a physical fight, but like, you know, just like everyone's yelling, you know, mom, sister, stepdad, everyone's like, ah, like blowing mm. up. And I'm like, I feel like I live in a house full of strangers. And I was like, actually, that's a great name for a song. And since I had like The Shining, it hit me so hard. I was like, I'm going to write a song about like a murder Mm. and like i'd always written songs about like love songs and breakups and letting go and moving forward and like regret and all these other things and i was like i'm gonna completely change it was more about the reaction i was i'm gonna completely ruin people and be like i'm gonna write a song about a murder and it's about someone who gets murdered by their husband and it's like an Mm. axe murderer but then as the song kind of progressed i realized like you know, domestic abuse is a very, very real thing. And I think it needs to be talked about more often. And uh, I eventually it became a part of that. And uh, a lot of people question me. They're like, why would you write a song about that? And I was like, well, it organically just happened. And it was never my intention to write about that. But in the end, I think that's what it's about. It's about, you know, it's about a man who is just a horrible, horrible human. And he's, yeah. he's evil and he kills his wife. And it's really messed up. Mm-hmm. But I think it needs to be talked about and uh, it needs to be, yeah, identified. Mm. It's, it's am- pretty fucked. Yeah, it yeah. is. It yeah. is. It's amazing that that came from such tension in your own life. Definitely. Know, and also watching The Shining. Yeah. I, look, it, look, tension. It, it's nothing. I can't relate to the story no. at all. Like, it's not me and I don't know anyone like that. But I just like over time, I'm like, you know what? Like, I, I tell people now... Mm live what it's about and some people don't take it well but then when i sing the song they're like okay i get it it's mm-hmm. like this ballad of like love and loss and jealousy and then this murder and it's really messed up but it's something that i felt like i had to talk about because it happens and it's a horrible thing but it does happen yeah and yeah i think we had to talk about that and yeah are you planning on recording that song I'm in the middle of recording yes. it now. Yes. Because you shared a couple of moments before you went on tour from yeah. uh, your home studio and I yeah. really loved it. It was just, you yeah, know, probably lit fun. up my day. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, there's some, uh, I don't want to give away too much, yeah. but there's some pretty epic little bits. I thought I was doing too much, but then I got a few people to listen. Um, 
my, I guess I'll say my girlfriend, um, she had to listen to it and uh, she was like, yeah, no, this is like, this is really cool. Like, I'm glad it's like a lot, you know, like it's, it's a lot to start off with and it builds up. But then I thought about the meaning of the song and I was like, no, this song deserves something big. So it's got a few sections that are quite large and operatic and choir and then I'm not going to say too much else. But Excellent. Yeah. Can't wait to hear it. And uh, you're not too sure of when it will be released? Mm, I'm thinking like later in March. I'm sort of, yeah, I'll figure out the promotion side of things. But in terms of that, like, I'm not looking for views. It's more I just need to put it out. Yeah. I just need to let go of it. I'm like, I'm, and I'm sort of, I'm getting to a stage where I've sang all these songs for so many years and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to let go of them. People can have them. And then it's like I have all these other ideas because I'm genuinely a happy person and all my songs are quite sad and uh, they're raw and their emotion. You know, it's good. but And I'll always sing them with the same amount of passion. I always go back to that point and be yeah. like, yeah, I'm here now. I'm going to sing this. But it's like I'm happier and I want to sing happier music, mm-hmm. like more, more like soulful and more funk Sort yeah. Of stuff. yeah, I'm really feeling that at the moment. So. Excellent. Although you were talking about uh, kind of not hustling as much, I did want to ask you about Instagram, which is kind of new mm. in your vocabulary. New, um, but not new. <laughs> no, it's not. But you've only recently jumped on it. So why did it I take have. you so long to get on there? Well, I had it a while ago mm. and I had quite a, well, I thought I had a decent following, but there was a part of me that got like just totally lost in it. And I, I don't think I was as stable mentally before. Mm-hmm. And I would just find myself comparing like, oh my God, look at that person, they're doing that and looking at this. And I made some pretty irrational decisions to just get rid of it. But I think in the end, it was quite a good thing. Mm-hmm. I needed time away from it. Um, I hated it. And like, honestly, there's still parts of me that can't stand social media. Um, the only reason I have it is because of music um, and Messenger. But I look at it now as like, well, I can be so annoyed at something or I can embrace it and be like, all right, this is going to be a, a mm. new tool for me and I'm just going to use it as that and use it as something I can work on my career with. Yeah, and absolutely. And it gives me a whole different outlook and I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty fun. Like, yeah. Well, I think you use it in a really wholesome way. Yeah, anyway, thank you. you know, uh, I think... I do the same thing. I get on Instagram and uh, I'm just constantly comparing myself and it's a really hard thing to mm, get out of, especially especially when it's with your career, you know? Yeah. And especially when you're creative because no two creatives are the same and no timeline is the same for exactly. any person. So. I don't want to be looking at what other people are really doing. Mm. Even musicians, like I, I follow them and it's good, but like what they're doing in a photo or a video, it's not... It's not, it is them, but it's not really them. No. And it's like, it might be a promotional thing, and that's cool. We all have to do that. But like, if I actually talk to someone, I'll be like, oh, cool. Like, that's, that's amazing. But if I look at their photo, like, I, it sounds horrible. I don't really care. I'm just like, I don't, I don't care. Unless it's like a good show, or it's only when things are promoted like a show, but it's like, I just don't, I don't know. Like, I don't really like the gram, and there's a lot of, yeah, weird energy on there at the same time. Totally. And I just go, yeah, this is not for me. Mm, I completely agree. Mm. So you have two more dates on the tour about to finish off. We're doing yeah, finger boy. guns in here. <laughs> um, so a dab in there as well. <laughs> Newcastle, Newcastle and Maitland. Yeah, um, yeah. How are you feeling before these gigs? I mean, they're going to go off. I, they are your hometown I gigs. I feel good. I feel very good. We've been uh, rehearsing a bit in the studio with the boys. Beautiful. 
I have such a good band behind me. Like I am incredibly, incredibly grateful to have um, the band. I've got uh, Matt Taylor on the drums, Liam Ferguson on bass, and I've got Dan Johnston on lead guitar. Who's what? The, yeah, who's the oh. who's the front man of Johnston City? Mm-hmm. And um, oh man, those guys are they're you know they've got such a maturity about the music they do, and they're just so open. But they have such good ideas that like I literally just be like, hey do whatever you want like just have fun and enjoy it Mm. and uh yeah it's brought out a whole nother side it makes it way more fun for me it gives me time to work on more vocal things and like i let go a bit more i go a bit harder and it's like a whole different show yeah well knowing you have that support behind you and being able to trust the people that are around you oh yeah awesome it's all happening yeah yeah fantastic well kingsley thank you so much for spending some time with us in the studio it's been so good to finally get you on the show i've been wanting to get you here for ages we Um, made it we did it so congratulations on the tour and have fun at these final two dates but we're not letting you go just yet you're about to play a song for us oh yes i am it's gonna be great this is a little tune i wrote a few years back it's called towns it's about uh my hometown maitland And yeah, this is how it goes. I dream of a time where my mind is free. As free as the leaves that blow
trying to look past what's becoming the truth. Well, if I believe this town, it'll turn my world upside down because I love you all. And it's better when you're around. It's the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. Rod Coote is an indie folk pop singer-songwriter that captures small-town vibes through the raw and heartfelt lyrics in his music. Rod grew up near Tamworth but has spent a lot of time here in Newcastle developing his skills and capturing the hearts of thousands. So it's my absolute pleasure to welcome to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show, Rod Coote. Hello, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Thanks for joining us today. It's really great to have you on. It's always a privilege. Thank you. So you've just relocated yourself down to Nam or Melbourne after putting in some serious time here in Newey. So what have you been getting up to and why did you choose to move down to Melbourne? Yeah, um, it was a really tough decision to make. Like I've lived in Newcastle for like the last seven years um, and yeah, I originally grew up in Tamworth and then um, Newcastle is naturally the place I, I moved to and um, it was so beautiful, but I just felt like I just needed to just experience something a little bit different just to sort of stay inspired creatively um i am also i'm already having like withdrawals from the ocean uh there is like <laughs> there's beaches down here but they're more like bays they're not like newcastle beach or merriweather like it's, it's pretty hard to compete with that but um yeah but i'm all settled in and i'm um, feeling really inspired i've been writing so so much lately so already already yes yeah i just feel like, i don't know just yeah change always you know sparks some um, new inspiration, new experiences, meeting new people. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So I know that you've only been down in Melbourne for a hot second now, but what are some of the main differences that you've noticed even going out to gigs, like in the music scenes? Um, the gigs are so much later here. Like <laughs> I went out to a gig at the Corner Hotel to watch um, a, a guy, Kyle Leinhardt, who I'm actually supporting um, in Newcastle in April, which I'm really excited Ooh. about. But um yeah, uh, I went and watched him play live with uh, my producer, Garrett Cato. And, um, yeah, he, like, he was the headliner and he didn't start playing till like, 11.30. Like, um, so, Way past so bedtime. I know. I was like, oh, geez. Like, but anyway, I love his music, so it was so well worth it. Um, but it's going to, yeah, just take a bit of used to getting used to. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, you'll definitely have to start waking up a little bit later to yes. get through yeah. it. I think it's... It's definitely a lifestyle to sleep in the morning and then so you can go watch gigs all night and then do it again. (laughs) (laughs) On Friday, you released a brand new song called Oceanside, which is quite the ode to Newcastle. So what was it that inspired you to write this song? Yeah, so I I think a lot of things. um, I naturally just write about the ocean and um, just about travel. Like I always imagine people in the car or maybe by the beach just like listening to my music. Like it's, I, I guess that sonic palette is what I want to try and create in that imagery. But um, I, it was actually from an Ernest Hemingway book. I was reading a beautiful book called The Old Man and the Sea. And, um, yeah, it was just about this old man who kind of, like, lived by the ocean and he revolved his whole life, like, around the tides. And, yeah, I just sort of, you know, thought about what the ocean meant to me and um, and then, yeah, and then sort of thought about how I used to dream about moving to the coast when I lived in the countryside. Um, and, yeah, and then, and then I was living on the coast and living and breathing it. And, um, yeah, I just found it really inspiring. 
Yeah, right. So as you just said, you do explore your own feelings about romanticising living by the ocean as opposed to where you grew up, which was out near Tamworth. Yes, out in the neck of the woods. (laughs) (laughs) So can you take us through those feelings of growing up dreaming of living near the beach and also what it was actually like in reality? Yeah, um, we used to go there a bit for um, just like holidays, like um, school holidays when I was a kid, Um, but it'd be like a three or four hour drive. And, you know, it'd be the typical, like, are we there yet? Or, like, getting car sick in the back. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was so beautiful once we got to the beach. And, yeah, I, I always, like, just knew that I wanted to live by the beach. Maybe not for my whole life, but at least for, like, one chapter of my life. And, um, yeah, and, and then I started busking in Newcastle by the beach recently, um, which we can talk about more later. But, um, yeah, so I think it's just um, sort of come full circle, which is really cool. So when did you first start busking? And uh, when you look back at those days, is there much of a difference to what you do now when you go out busking? Yeah, I actually started busking in Tamworth at the Country Music Festival when I was 16. And uh, it was many moons ago. Um, <laughs> and it's, But it's not like miles away from what I was doing now. It was just like me and my acoustic guitar just singing um, a lot of covers. But then I, I used to throw like maybe one or two of my cringy high school songs in there. And, um <laughs> Yeah, are they, are they very different to uh, the songs that you're writing now? Honestly, like, yes and no. Like, I feel like the intention was there. Um, just, I think maybe just, yeah, just, you know, <laughs> you know um, hope there's been some development in songwriting and also just, I know, I've been really lucky to work with so many beautiful um, producers and other songwriters and collaborators. So I feel like I just, yeah, I know what music is a lot more now, but um, but I also kind of miss those days where it was just so... I was so naive and just purely doing it just because I loved it, um, which I yeah. still do now. But um, yeah, it's just a little bit different. Yeah, and a few more life experiences in there to. A few more, yes, <laughs> yes, about. a lot more inspiration. Uh, other than the girl that um, wouldn't hold my hand <laughs> in uh, grade grade eight. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. But um, no, no. Um, yeah, I hope there's been some development and a, a lot more substance to my songwriting, which. Um, I'm hoping there is. So, yeah. Mm. Well, speaking of those incredible producers, how did you actually meet Garrett? Um, I've just been a fan of his for like years. Like, um, yeah, I think I just discovered one of his songs on a Spotify playlist maybe back in like 2017 when I was like maybe 18. And um, yeah, and we just sort of kept in touch. And um, yeah, he was just a big influence. And then um, eventually during COVID, I sent him a few demos um, just like, bit of a cold call to be honest I like um and luckily he responded and he liked the sound of him um and that was back in 2020 and then yeah him and I um yeah I just he's just a really great mentor to have in my corner and um just a wonderful guy and just genuinely cares about music and um songwriting and um yeah just his artistry is incredible yeah I can only imagine uh how much you've learned even just spending time around him yeah, yeah. I just like um, I really love yeah working with people I look up to and um, and then who like the music I really love. Um, I don't want to try and be them because <laughs> you, that's you're never going to be able to do that. Um, so um, yeah, I think he's been really good to sort of you know put a spotlight on my strengths and what I should you know what what it is that makes me an artist. Mm. Um, and then yeah, I'm actually about to work with another. Um, artist called Dustin Tebbett who I really look up to, and I think I actually mentioned last time we chatted. I, yeah, he was one of my dream people I wanted to work with and um, so yeah we're gonna um we're sort of having a conversation at the moment about um yeah recording my next chapter of music um together 
which is really exciting. Congratulations. <laughs> that is so cool. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's cool how things work out. But, um, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, and, yeah, just keen to keep sharing music and experiences and hopefully, you know, other people connect with them too. Yeah, well, when I was having a look at your Spotify, I noticed that you have a whopping 21,000 monthly listeners on that platform alone, which is crazy. How does it make you feel knowing that there are so many people loving your music and rooting for you? Yeah, I'm just so, like, grateful. Like, like I'd be happy if I had just my mum listening. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I hope she's still listening. But, um, no, no, (laughs) yeah, yeah. No, I I feel like... um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for just people listening and um, hopefully there's stuff that people can connect with in my music. And, um, yeah, I just try and just, I don't know, capture a feeling like a human emotion or maybe a landscape or something. And um, hopefully people can attach their memories to it as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's quite hard to comprehend once the numbers go up. But I, I kind of yeah. like that it's sort of been a, a slow and steady rise mm. rather than sort of an overnight like boom oh, what's going on like um at least yeah I feel like the little wins you know um yeah you can kind of appreciate a little bit more so and especially you know with it being a gradual incline that means that people are obviously coming along on the journey with you and really getting to know your catalogue rather than just falling for one song yeah, yeah. I showed one of my friends I, I think the thing just being an artist is like it takes a little while to find that sound that you know people go oh that's uh rod or yeah that's um vance joy or that's you know spacey jane you know those Mm -hmm. sort of sounds um and i feel like i'm just sort of coming into that and um have found something that i really love but also i think my listeners um really love and um that said like i'm always keen to experiment a little bit and be a bit eclectic um with you know where where i go but um and sort of creatively um but, yeah, like I showed my friend the other day and he goes, yeah, that's a Rod Coote song. And I'm like, nice. Like, that's, that's good. I'm glad, you know, it's not just all over the shop like it used to be when I was 16 and just, uh, yeah. Yeah, still songs. finding your sound <laughs> back then. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. And it's all part of the journey. Um, and, yeah, that's that's what I used to say when I was a high school teacher um, to my students. I just, you know, it's all part of the journey. Um, and everyone's on a different journey. You know, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's mm-hmm. not a competition People just, yeah, everyone's on their own journey. So, Yeah, I completely agree. So do you ever get messages from people that you've never met before and uh, based on the other side of the world or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's um, it's so cool. Like it's just becoming more and more of an increasing thing. And um, I think I contribute a lot of maybe those listeners because I, I sort of have started getting a bit of a, listening, a listenership overseas. Like mm. I think Australia is like my fourth top country like i think what? i'm pretty sure canada canada is um yeah my my number one uh, one of my songs got added to a spotify playlist over there so oh. um yeah so then just all of a sudden uh yeah there's you know i think and then i think maybe germany and um the us and stuff like that so hopefully that will open up the opportunity to tour overseas yeah in the future but yeah that's brilliant. Yes, Canada. Yeah. We love you. I know. Oh, Canada. Yeah, I feel like they're like, they're so close to Australia. I actually just went, I just got back from Canada, actually. I've just spent a month yeah. over there um, traveling around. And um, there's so many similarities between Australia and Canada, I feel like, um, like population wise. But also, um, yeah, just, I don't know, they're just like kind of relaxed too. And like, um, 
even when you walk in front of them on the road, like they will stop and they'll just wait for like 10 minutes and then you're in the wrong, but they're like, oh, no, 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 you know, go like, for it. Yeah, so anyway, it's just interesting. Every country has like their nuances. Um, but no, I really love Canada and I really love to travel over there sometime. And yeah. yeah. Did you take your guitar with you when you went over? So I actually had a bit of a break. Um, oh, but I did, okay. I, I couldn't help myself though. I did. <laughs> I was in um, just a restaurant and there was a, a musician playing there. And my uncle, I was with my a few of my family members and they said, okay, come on, you haven't touched the guitar in two weeks. <laughs> just just go maybe ask the lady, you know, if she, she wouldn't mind. And, yeah, so I had a chat and she was an awesome um, singer-songwriter and um, I really liked her vibe. And, then yeah, she was happy for me to jump up for a few and um, it was so much fun. But, um, yeah, yeah, those good times. That's yeah. really cool and how generous uh, of her. That's really lovely. I know, yeah. I didn't really want to be that guy because I just feel like, you know, you just want to, yeah. And, um, yeah, I equally, if not more, I'm just a lover of music. Like I go to lots of shows and mm. just like, I love supporting music. Like I'm almost like a music fan first and a musician second. <laughs> like It's an awesome way to be. So you spoke about something pretty exciting that's coming up here in Newcastle later in the year or not that later, but in a couple of months. So what are some of the other big plans that you have for the year ahead, touring and gig wise? Yeah. I've actually got a quite a big year ahead, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah, I'm about to do an Oceanside tour to support this, um, yeah, sort of take this song on the road in March. So, um, yeah, I'm playing pretty much all the way from Melbourne all the way out to Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with um, shows in Newcastle. I'm actually supporting uh, local artist David McCready. Um, yeah, yeah, so we're, we're playing at a place called the Underground Bar in um, Newcastle on the 24th of March, um, which is kind of like I think behind the Cambridge in like this really cute, wholesome kind of like hall. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be really nice um, just to, yeah, share stories, sing our songs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, I've got a show on, yeah, Old Bar, Yamba, um, Sydney, uh, Melbourne. I'm supporting Dave down here on the 31st of March. Um, and then also I've, I've just um, been asked to, yeah, open for Kyle Leinhardt. Um, on the 21st of April at the new um, Warner's Bay Theatre. Is that a new theatre? Oh, okay. I, yeah. I feel like it keeps getting upgraded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just keen to um, try it out. So, yeah, that's um, on the 21st of April. So, mm. yeah, I, even though I've sort of left Newcastle uh, for, you know, a little bit, you know, I feel like I'll be I'll be there almost just as much. So, <laughs> Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us this afternoon. It's awesome to hear that you're all settled in and uh, congratulations on the brand new single as well. Thanks, Bonnie. No, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I just really appreciate all the support from you guys, Newcastle Live, Steve, just everyone. Thank you so much. The Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. And that brings us to the end of the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show for another week. I'd love to say a big thank you to you for joining me this afternoon. I hope that you have an awesome week and hopefully you get to pack in some live music somewhere along the way. I'd also love to say thank you to Rod Coote for joining me following his move down to Melbourne and the release of his brand new single. Make sure that you go and check it out. 
And I'd love to say thank you to Kingsley James for coming in and performing for us live and, of course, having a chat. It's always great to catch up with Kingsley. Make sure that you grab your tickets to see him here in Newcastle or out at the Grand Junkyard in Maitland. I will see you next week for a brand new episode from 6pm on Newcastle Live. My name's Bonnie and you're listening to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. Thank you.